Hello again. Today we're looking at a man who not only inspired modern shorts Jiminy Glick, but also had one of the longest-running public access interview shows in history. He never knew anyone's name, couldn't remember what movies they were in, and had an affinity for German boys. Say hello to the man who always skips the research and is always low on the celebrity food chain, Skippy Low, this week on This Was a Thing. Yes, I'm glad to be in Hollywood. This was a Yo, girl, remember Blink-182? Low-rise jeans on everyone, you. The flight of the balloon boy. And the fall of my space. And damn, it's nipple-slipping. This was a thing. It hearty bling. Freddy got fingered was a thing. This was a thing. Hi, I'm Ray. And I'm Rob. And you're listening to This Was a Thing, the podcast that dives deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. On today's episode, we are looking at one of my favorite people. In fact, I think I can get a thesis on this if somebody wants to offer it to me. It is the Skip E. Low Show. Yes, the Ugh. Skip E. Low Show. Now, this was a thing because today we see so many oddball and bizarre and oblivious talk show hosts that somehow have gotten their own show and are making millions of dollars. Don't look at us. We do have our own show, but we're not making millions of dollars. Until you head over to patreon.com and help us out. Please. Look at people like Wendy Williams. Piers Morgan, Bill O'Reilly. But before all of these people, folks, there was an oddball, bizarre, oh-so-oblivious talk show host named Skip E. Lowe. And while we most know him as the inspiration for Martin Short's oblivious talk show host, Jiminy Glick, Skip was much more than that. And unlike Jiminy, said outlandish things but never wanted to get a laugh with any of them. So physically, because this is a podcast and you cannot see Skip, I would encourage you to Google a photograph of him. If not, I will try to describe him. He was five foot six. I think he was much shorter than that, but that's oh, how the yeah. internet lists it. With a bowl haircut, giving you that Mo Howard haircut. Silver Silver blonde, bowl haircut. He always wore like a Japanese kimono when he would go out. He looked fantastic. Now, despite the fact on his TV show, he would say he was always born in every place his guest was born. I'm from Chicago, too. I also grew up in Buffalo, right outside of Miami, close to Denver. <laughs> and he talked like that, folks. When you hear Jiminy Glick, yeah. it is Skippy Lowe's talking. He would go very high and then very low. Skip was actually born in on in real life in 1929 in Mississippi, but he grew up in Rockford, Illinois. Uh, okay, and he frequented New York City quite often to spend time with his aunt and her boyfriend. Now the aunt was a big old singer, and the boyfriend was a taxi driver who would drive Skip all around the town, pointing out both the sights and the people. Now Skip knew immediately New York City was home. He once said, "Quote." People are either born a boy or a girl, and I was born somewhere in between, end quote. Now, he did impressions as a kid of Carmen Miranda, okay, <laughs> Chiquita Banana, Betty Grable, and the like. And in Illinois, that did not sit right with the neighborhood bullies. 
He had to get out of town and become a performer like his aunt. And his mom agreed with him. So the mom took herself and skipped to L.A. And he was going to start a career in L.A. in the 1930s and 1940s. Now, in Los Angeles, he booked some movie roles. But eventually, his mom sent him back to New York to live with his aunt, Sadie. And it was there on the Bowery, New York's thriving Lower East Side Entertainment, that he became the singing newsboy in vaudeville. I I just wish there was a Skippy Low in Newsies. We're going to seize the day. Yes. Disney missed their mark. They should have oh they they put Skippy it. Low in Newsies. I would have seen that. So soon, Skip went to the world of clubs where he kept singing and specifically became an MC. And then he ended up back in New York City where he began to cultivate his circle of celebrity friends, which would come in very handy later in life. As you'll see, there was James Dean, who he says he slept with. And he also said that James Dean was not very hygienic. I'll tell you what I didn't call him. James Clean. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little joke. So James Dean, there was also Tennessee Williams, who he says was really into feet. So... (laughs) Great, great knowledge to know there. Marilyn Monroe, Marlon Brando, who he introduced to various ladies and engaged in with threesomes. Oh. Skip's not, that's obviously not his real name. His real name was Sammy LaBella. And there was a comedian named Dick Roman. (laughs) The names, remember the names, folks, who said, you know, you don't look like a Sammy LaBella. That's a big, tough, straight guy. Let's come up with a different name for you. And he saw that Skip was wearing a ring and on the ring it said SL for Sammy LaBella. And so Dick Roman was like, how about... Something that's a little bit more about you. Something more gay. How about Skippy Low? <laughs> and that's how he got the name. Like a lot of performers who wanted to test their ability, Skip auditioned to entertain the troops. And he oh. was sent to barracks, bars, and places that nobody else wanted to go visit in Europe and East Asia. He was stationed in Germany. That's where he met his lifelong friend Margie McGlory and a stunning young German named Wolfgang that he promised he was going to take to America. Skip had no intention of taking this man to America. In fact, Skip wanted to go to Vietnam because that's where all the money in the shows were at the time for the USO troops. And Wolfgang found out that Skip was lying and he went over to Skip's apartment, which is on the fifth story, and grabbed Skip by the ankles and hung him out the window until Skip promised to take him to America, to which Skip said, come out tomorrow at five and I'll take you. Skip was gone by four. Uh, So that's why he and Wolfgang's relationship did not work out. Now, tours continued in Vietnam with Paula Dent's very own Martha Ray. Oh, Martha Ray, for those kids of you who don't know, Martha Ray was a very sweet looking old lady known as the mouth. She had a big mouth and she did Paula Dent commercials, which were for for dentures. Do you think that went along with her being called the mouth? Probably. But here's what I love about Martha Ray, and this is according to Skip, that when they would go to Vietnam, and once again, they weren't going to the places like Bob Hope was entertaining at. <laughs> they were going to the places nobody wanted to go to. One day they're at a bar in Vietnam, and Martha Ray takes her dentures out, and her party trick was taking her dentures out and like stirring a drink with the dentures. And then one day- What Mar- party is this? I don't know. The, at the bar, Martha Ray said, you know, Skip, She goes, let's have a contest. Let's see who can suck off the most soldiers. So she took out her dentures. She and Skip both got on their knees and soldiers lined up, apparently not caring that either Skip or Martha Ray was blowing them. And they had a blowjob contest. I don't know who won that contest. Unfortunately, that's lost to the annals of history. Now, he was also, get ready for this, Skip was the opener for Diana Ross and the Supremes. Whoa. Yes, he was, out in Vietnam, not in the United States. Oh. And the best is he arrived in Vietnam. <laughs> 
right after the Tet Offensive, which was the heaviest confrontation of the war at this time. So he's like, I would be out there performing and you would hear bombs. <laughs> and let me tell you, honey, they weren't the only bombs in that theater. I mean, that, that goes to show what the USO thought of Diana Ross and the Supremes if they were doing that. Right? Yeah. Right? Now, when the war is over, Skip decides to come back to America, but there's a little problem. He had developed a gambling addiction and he had spent his parents' $200,000 inheritance they gave him and the USO money. Now, he was making really good money at the time, but he spent it all on the ponies, which is going to be a problem for Skip much later in life as well. So he needs to get a job. Now, he does film work in some less than stellar films like Black Shampoo. If you've never seen Black Shampoo, folks, he plays the very gay owner of a uh, salon. And uh, he gets killed in the movie, sorry, spoiler alert, by having a curling iron stuck up his you-know-what. Now, uh, Skip is no fool when he comes to the United States and knows that he can MC, so he takes on the MC role at a place called Ye Little Club in Beverly Hills. And there he's going to host showcases. Ray, what is a showcase for our listeners who might be unfamiliar with that? Showcase is when you get a group of people together and they go up and they can do, you know, a, a solo, a duet. Some may even do, like, scenes, a little sketch sketch, uh, magic. Uh, If you have anything to showcase your talent, it's almost like a talent show, but with better performers. Yes, and an MC. And here is Skip warming up the crowd at one of his showcases. (laughs) You're built like a Studebaker. Everything's in the back. (laughs) Oh, how did I guess, darling? You're a good girl. Oh, I love the people from New York. New York's city, Manhattan. That's I love New York. All New York. Not only that, he would sing his signature song, At every one of these showcases, the song was called, I'm Short. As to why I grew up short, I have no clue. Although I do recall, I smoked cigars at two. But I'm every inch a human, so to hell with Randy Newman. And I hope he has to stay a year or two. I'm petite, my sweet means I'm small, you all. But inside I'm six foot three, short-sighted but delighted. Just to be me. Thank you. Now, you can tell he's actually got a pretty good voice. He's actually a very good singer. Now, he's pretty. it's pretty successful because he showcases people like Roseanne, Tom Arnold, Billy Ray Cyrus, and the Smirnoff brothers. Yes, there's another one besides Yakov. Yakov. There's one more. Now, eventually, he gets known for his showcases, which, like I said, except for those people that I mentioned, kind of showcases less than stellar talent. But he does seem to enjoy being the MC, and people take a liking to him. Because you have to remember, at this time, he's openly gay. He's out and flamboyant, and people are gravitating towards that type of personality. Now, is there a way to parlay all of this into something else? Of course. Enter the world of public access television. Now, if you want to hear more about the history of public access, friends, just go back to our Stairway to Stardom episode. But in a nutshell, every city needed a station dedicated specifically to public programming, i.e. a citizen of the town can use the studio, the camera, the people, etc. to do an unedited straight through show of their choosing. In the inception during the 70s, it was mostly like call-in shows about politics or thematic discussions like religion or feminism. And that was about it. Could somebody sit down and talk with celebrities like Johnny Carson or Tom Snyder or even New York City's Joe Franklin, who we will get – I'm sure he'll get his own episode at some point too. Why, yes, in L.A., that person's name is going to be Skip 
E. Lowe, a young college student named Molly Ballantyne and Skip got together in 1978 and decided to air a show called Skip E. Lowe Looks at Hollywood. It would be a 30-minute unedited show. Once again, folks, that's important, unedited. You can't correct the mistakes. Where Skip would interview a notable person. And when we're not saying they were notable at the time of being filmed, but at some point, they were notable. At some point, someone made a note about them. Yes, <laughs> and uh, they owe me money. Uh, and do a look back on their life. Now, his first guest ever was, drumroll please, big celebrity, Aldo Ray. Oh. <laughs> now, if you don't know who Aldo Ray is... You're not alone. I don't even think Aldo Ray knows who Aldo Ray is. He was a tough guy actor who had been on the decline since the late 60s, becoming very bitter, alcoholic, and he was thrown out of the union for scabbing. And so to make money, he would do non-sexual roles in pornographic movies. He would be like the coach that would come in and be like, all right, cheerleaders, time to shower. Then he'd walk out where they all have sex. So you're saying we got him for our first show. Aldo Ray. Oh, my God. We can only get better from here. The coach? The coach. Yeah, man. Here is Aldo Ray with Skip. And you never studied acting, Aldo, did you? Oh, no. Harry Cohen ordered me never to take an acting lesson. He ordered you? He gave me this. He says, I, he called me in one day. He says, I got one standing order for you, kid. You are never to take an acting lesson. I said, good. And they used me to test all the people from the acting schools, the New York people. I was their tester. I see. Yeah. John Wayne never studied either, I don't think, did he? I don't really know. But he never learned to act either. He never did? (laughs) Well, he was John Wayne, though, Aldo, wasn't he? So now people began turning in to watch this bizarre show for many, many reasons. One of them being the fact Skip was giving a final interview to some of the most celebrated artists of their time who had been forgotten by the industry. Remember, folks, there are no podcasts. There is no YouTube. There is no blogs. So once these people went away, if they were not big stars in movies or television currently, everybody forgot about them. So B-movie actors, old jazz singers, failing Broadway stars all came to sit in Skip's studio and be interviewed like the Justin Bieber of the 1920s, Mr. Rudy Valley, who showed up disheveled and drunk on his interview with Skip. Here is Skip trying to figure out the name of the show that Rudy Valley starred in on Broadway, which was called How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. Oh, my God. You know, I was just talking to Bobby Morris. You did a show on Broadway with him. Yes, I did. Succeed. For three years, yes. Succeed without Mm -hmm. really... uh, What was that show called? Succeed? How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. Right. Opened October 14, 1961. Ran for three years solidly. Bobby quit that the second year to make films. He's one of your biggest fans. Did you know that? Well, so so he says. Yes. What do you mean, so he says? Well, Bobby, I think... But the main reason people were tuning in, and I think you probably just heard this, is he couldn't remember the name of How to Succeed in Business without really trying, even though having notes in his laps. It can be agreed by many that Skip was probably one of the worst interviewers of all time. He was as arrogant as can be, but knew exactly nothing about the person he was interviewing. So what happened was, I did my research, Skip was so busy gambling, he didn't do any research at all. He would bum a ride to the studio. He never learned how to drive, by the way. Imagine living in LA and not knowing how to drive. He would come in, sit down, look at a piece of paper that simply said, guest's name, where they're born, and why are they here? Then Skip would forget all that, call the people by the wrong name, credit them for the wrong movies, and seem to have no idea what they were doing there, but he was just so happy to have them. He would turn into a fawning little boy, oblivious to whom he was fawning over, and always trying to 
insert himself into the conversation by cutting off his guests. Sometimes he would speak to his guest in the third person as if they were no longer there. Like, here he is with Miss Beverly Garland. I'm looking at you. Right now, you're expressing yourself without words of enthusiasm. <laughs> uh, Beverly Garland, always been positive like this? I think Even so. as a child? Yeah, I think going so. Going to school? Uh-huh. And, and Pretty positive. In Glendale, going to school? You grew up in Glendale? Well, no, I didn't grow up. No, well, yes, I did. Which yes, I went, I went to, to kindergarten. Right. Oh, that's on his sheet. He knows her name's Beverly Garland, and he knows she grew up in Glendale. He's going to ask that about 20 more times in this interview. Sometimes he would know nothing about the career of the person, like the singer Gloria Loring, <laughs> or why she was on to promote the Juvenile Diabetic Foundation. That's what she's here to talk about. Skip's just kind of unaware of this. And the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation is the largest supporter of diabetes research in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. We raise money to keep the scientists working. And other than the U.S. federal government, we give more money than anyone else. So When you gave up you gave up acting and singing for a while to keep up with your uh, at the early age of your boys. You took care of them. Well, yeah. And you I gave took... up. You went to acting classes, lessons. Now, you, Gloria, let's get back. <laughs> you, what are you laughing at, girl? No, you're just, it's so cute the way you say it to me. But I'm just I, explaining to you. You're you explaining to me instead of yeah, asking as, me. And okay, it's an interesting yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, That's the way I work. Oh, okay. okay. Some of my favorite things I've read about him, unfortunately, have been lost to time, and I can't find the audio of it. So one time he interviewed Red Buttons, who was the star of the movie. They shoot horses, don't they? It's what Red Buttons won the fucking like Oscar for. They shoot horses, don't they? And so apparently he looked at Red Buttons and said, shooting horses, they don't. And Red Buttons looked at him and said, are you dyslexic? So far, everything is backwards. (laughs) <laughs> or was Sid Charisse, the most iconic dancer oh, of yeah. musicals? You could ask her everything. And he said, Sid Charisse and dance. Why? <laughs> <laughs> now, while chatting, Lowe often became like very confused. He would mix up people's names. Sometimes he would get so excited about who he had on, he might give away some secrets. One of my favorites is he was interviewing the TV psychic Kenny Kingston. And he wanted Kenny Kingston to guess the occupation of the person who was sitting next to him. Skip's not pretty good at keeping clues to himself. <laughs> like, I'll give you a hint. She's in the business. In the Very business. Powerful in the business. All right. Um, Show mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the lady. Uh, the information. Uh, there's someone around mm-hmm. her with the initial M. L or R. Ooh. And possibly a Y. I don't know why I'm getting a Y. I'm getting a question mark. We're going to stop there. Okay. Yes. I'm going to stop right now. I'm going to stop right now. You just said I got to stop right now. Yes. That is incredible. What you just said. Am I right? This is- He's literally. Ke- First of all, Kenny Kingston is the biggest fucking queen in the face of the earth. He knows who Ruth Webb is. Oh. He's like, oh, I don't know who Ruth Webb is. <laughs> my favorite interview, one that literally makes my asshole tighten, is the one he did with Lawrence Tierney, who was oh, the famously yes. obstinate actor of Hollywood. He does not suffer fools gladly. If you're a Reservoir Dogs fan, he's the old guy in Reservoir Dogs. If you're a Seinfeld fan, Lane's dad. He's Elaine's dad. At this point in his career, he's just done literally one line in the movie Arthur. Do you remember Arthur with Dudley Moore and oh, Liza yeah. Minnelli where Dudley Moore was the drunk, the drunk playboy? Yeah. Okay. He was in Arthur? Yeah. He literally has one line. He's in a coffee shop where Liza Minnelli works, and he just looks at him and he's like, can I have my role? And that's all he does. There's nothing else to it. Skip doesn't really understand that while reading his notes and thinks Lawrence has starred in the movie. Here we go. You know the movie I liked you did just recently, just a few years ago, with Liza Minnelli. 
You were in Arthur. Oh, I just had a small part. But, but that was wonderful. Arthur, yes. You were wonderful in that. I must say, you played the drunk. Remember? No, I was not drunk. You weren't drunk? You were a bum? Uh, what was it? He played the drunk. Dudley Moore played the drunk. He was drunk all through the picture. Go ahead. I played a guy in the cafe or in, in the restaurant. In the ordering, restaurant. Ordering coffee in a roll. Okay. I wasn't drunk. Okay, I thought you were drunk, but I thought you were wonderful in that. Yeah, next thing you're going to tell me I'm drunk now. No, you're not drunk now. <laughs> How's your drinking days? Are you always I finished? I stopped drinking. You stopped drinking? You're all right. Now, the show just didn't just stay on in Hollywood for public access. No, no, no. Some people began to hear about this strange creature named Skippy Lowe. They wanted to see him, too. So Hollywood Public Access began broadcasting the show in San Francisco, Chicago, and New York. Oh, wow. Now, he never got any money off of it. And people were like, how the hell did he make money? There were two old women that were like his benefactors, his sponsors, and they would give him money. And so that's how he paid his rent and like got groceries and stuff because he was making no fucking money doing any of this. He'd film two episodes a week. And when all was said and done from 1978 to... 2014 when he stopped he recorded over 6,000 episodes oh my god Ray, what are you thankful for this month? Well, Rob, I'm thankful that we have so many great This Was a Thing listeners and that so many of them financially support us so we can continue to dive as deep as we can into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. And support my Hummel habit. Want to help us be even more thankful? Head on over to Patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and search for This Was a Thing and set a monthly donation. Even a dollar a month helps us. Your contributions help us continue you doing what we are doing and what are you doing this november rob by being thankful that we can have as much diet canned cranberry sauce as we want gotta get my p90 eximus body on ow pull the hamstring go lay down rob Mm. we are thankful for all of you and we'll be even more thankful if you can head on over to patreon.com Now, originally, the episode would start out with a cardboard cutout of the Hollywood sign and Skip peering over it because he's (laughs) looking at Hollywood. Oh, my God. Then ducking out of camera range to scramble to his chair to take his place. Then his theme songs were kind of iconic. There's a famous one where he's seen skipping down, get it, Skip, down Hollywood Boulevard and putting his hands in the cement, which is incredible. That also didn't last long. So he opted to have like a traditional theme song to open his show while an oddly bizarre 80s graphic played. Skip found himself to be the connoisseur of all things Hollywood and felt like that this show would allow people to tell their stories. He felt, well, if you're in the business, you must have great stories to tell. That wasn't always the case per se. Oh, no. But he wanted to go under the underbelly of Hollywood. And this was the theme song he chose. It's called Everybody Wants to Be a Star. That's uh, the Skippy Low theme song. 
Soon, publicists began to take note that Skip was the best kind of talk show for their guest because he was seen by everybody. They were the only guest, and there were no, like, gotcha questions. There weren't even questions. So on his show, Skip had people like Orson Welles, Betty Davis, Milton Berle, Tony Curtis, and the list goes on and on and on. Now, you might ask, where did he film? Well, he mostly filmed at the Beverly Hills Public High School, where the media classes would be his editor and his cameraman. (laughs) Someone who was fascinated by Skip was a comedian by the name of Martin Short, who thought that Skip was just too perfect not to imitate. So he created a character on SCTV called Skip E. High, a children's entertainer who looked just like Skip. This is him on SCTV and the premises he's been hired to entertain kids during a scary movie, not understanding what the assignment is. Here's a very, very scary song. So all you little boys and girls out there huddle with your neighbors. There's a little, little black cat who wears a little black hat. Every time the wind blows, whoosh, goes the hat. Whoa, wait a minute. Hold on, Skippy. Every time the black Hold black, on black, just black. a second. What's with the shh? The wind's blowing. I don't care. That's not scary. I promise him you were to sing scary songs like you were singing last night. So let's hear something scary, please. Should I play the song that I play for my wife, Deirdre, when she gets the hiccup? <laughs> Is it scary? Sure. Okay, let's hear it then. Jumping Jiminy, jumping Jiminy. Is that a grasshopper on your dress? Wait a minute, what is... You think that's frightening, a grasshopper on a dress? And eventually Short realized... He should just do what Skip was doing, which was interviewing guests. But in order not to be sued, he changed the name from Skippy High to Jiminy Glick. And the look, he became a very obese man. Skip, who did not seem to have a sense of humor about himself, (laughs) did not find it too funny. And so Skip at first like threatened to sue and then realized people started to know him because of Jiminy Glick. And then he's like, oh, I like Martin Short. (laughs) So it changed pretty fast. Now, at the same time he was hosting the show... He was still doing his showcases where he charged people to be in the showcase. I should have mentioned that. Oh, good. Yeah. And he would promote the showcase on every episode he could. But Skip was unfortunately getting a name for himself in some other arenas. One of Skip's best friends was Christian Brando. That was Marlon Brando's son. Okay. Christian was a gardener, and Skip would go along in the pickup truck and just help Christian prune trees. Now, if you don't remember Christian Brando, he wasn't a gardener for long because in the late 80s, early 90s, he killed his sister's boyfriend in cold blood. And who was a star witness for the defense at that trial? Skippy Low. Skippy Low. Oh, swearing my God. in Skippy Low. In the 1990s, Skip needed a change, so he briefly tried having a call-in show. Oh, yes. Yeah, and unfortunately, he he didn't understand how the phones worked. Back again. Hello. Let's see who's calling. Hello? 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 Hi. Who's calling, please? Frank Joyce. Hi, Frank Joyce. (laughs) Tell me about Dick Gregory. He's, He's brilliant. Uh, I'm, I know him well, and I just, I just admire him. Could you he's share? Just, uh, he's very smart. He's, he's smart, isn't That's he? probably him. That must be. Let's just. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Come in, please. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, we never get through. I don't know. They're after you, Paul. I want to talk to you. Or Harley. Then they added in like a new theme song of you know of, of a young Mickey Rooney in Midsummer Night's yep. Dream, which makes no fucking sense. Eventually, Skip decides it's a good idea to go on location, and they're gonna film these locations Ugh. these are my favorites i mean the interviews like the one-on-one interviews are really fantastic but him going on location to me is epic because one he doesn't know who he's going to run into but has to act like he knows them and it, there's no structure to anything and once again folks on public access you weren't allowed to edit so as soon as the camera starts rolling it's rolling, so you can't really get him out of anything. If you have a long chunk of time, please watch the one where he goes for a limo ride with Andy Warhol's Hollywood Lawn. It was one of the actresses in Andy Warhol's films, and they dished on tons of people, like Luke Perry. Yeah, yeah well, Luke Perry was, was living with a gay person. Yeah, I know. Oh, Luke Perry's been half. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know what the thing is? You know, Santa talking about the comedian Andrew Dice Clay. Well, he would just walk up to this, you know, cute man-woman couple in the front and go, how long have you been dating her? And she would go, oh, we've been together six months. She must suck a good cock then. Right. And the guy would be like, hey, 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 we're talking about women like that. And then he would go, what is this bisexual shit? Either you suck cock or you don't suck cock. He tells me that all the time. <laughs> Excuse me, I guess is that what he says? He says, come on, Skip, I bet you do a great sucking cock. And he says, well, I wouldn't try it on you, honey, because you're going to as tall as dick. No, I said, you, that's what I said. I said, your dick, I said in front of all the comedians. What you say, Skip? I said, shit, Mary, I wouldn't, I said, your dick is small as a pen, honey. And it is. Can't make butter with a toothpick. I said, you're a Jewish, you're a Jewish frustrated. And this is right after Ellen DeGeneres came out, so he's got some thoughts on Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, good. Now tell me something, Ellen DeGeneres. No, she's not coming up with something new. That bitch, what is she? Honey, she's been there. The bitch thinks she's coming up with something new. It's nothing. That bitch, honey, give me a break, Ellen DeGeneres. Honey, everyone's been out of the closet. Well, yeah, for whatever years. Yes. Sometimes he would get politically active with esteemed black artists like 227's Helen Martin and Barbara McNair, whose name he cannot pronounce. Oh, God, this is the best. Thank Hello. you. Hi, Skippy. What's happening with Miss Barbara McNair? Oh, well, right at this particular moment, I'm working on um, uh, doing a concert with a uh, symphony called the uh, Nor- uh, Southeast Symphony. Do you know that organization? No. Okay, well, you should. It's an organization of... of um, I would say black, Asian, Spanish. It's international. Well, yeah, no. but ain't no white folks in it. No, well, no, no, no. Because <laughs> no, no, no. okay. they have their own symphony. Right. And, I, of course, in between I have some other, you know, right. one-nighters. And what do you mean by white? White? You know, said I'm Italian. Half Italian, half Jewish. <laughs> Honey, I got everything mixture in me. So I don't know if I'm a white person or what. I don't know what you mean by white person. I don't think there is no white person, really, honey. I really don't think so. But, well, Barbara, I'm looking at you right now. Tells Barbara McNair that there's no such thing as a white person, which I'm sure she loved to hear. And Helen Martin from 227. Do you know Helen Martin? If I saw her. Brilliant black actress. Okay, well, uh, here she is after she's told Skip it's hard for black people to get roles. You're not making- I'm not making a living. I'm not working. Not anymore. For a while. Well, it isn't Until- anymore. It's just no jobs. I don't have any jobs. Uh-huh. 
But everything don't. is white now, you understand? Everything is white? Mm -hmm. I disagree with you there. I really do. Uh, no, it's not everything white. It is? No, I don't think so. What do you mean by everything is white? Uh, because there's a lot of black movies now. There's a lot of black television. Everyone, There's a lot of work for you guys out there, for yeah. everybody else. Don't well, I wish so? you'd tell them about me so I could have a job. Darling, they love you. They well, know love and mean give me a job. But is they will give different. it. Ladies and gentlemen, Skippy Lowe with the NAACP it's Achievement Award. And my personal favorite, this is one where he's just like so old. He went to Carla Lemley's 100th birthday party. Carla Lemley was the a star of old Universal movies. She had a 100th birthday celebration and Skip decides to show up to it and can't even pronounce her name. Good evening. We're here at the Egyptian Theater in Hollywood, the very famous Egyptian Theater. When I was a kid, I used to come here. And today, we're honoring Carla Lindley. Carla Lindley, uh, this is her 100th birthday. Carla Lindley. Now, people kept saying to Skip, hey, we know so much about your guest's life, but what about you? So Skip, in 1998, wrote a book called Boy with the Betty Grable Legs, uh, which was his autobiography. <laughs> And it's out of print, folks, so good luck finding a copy. Then in his later life, in the early 2000s, he interviewed a guy by the name of Scotty Bowers. Scotty Bowers was a male prostitute. Yeah. He was a pimp. And he would sleep with stars. He was bisexual, so he'd sleep with men and women. But he told like a tell-all tale in his book. And then the book was incredibly popular. Skip, though, got really fucking jealous of Scotty. And he's like, wait a minute. He's like, I've had more sexual experiences than him. So Skip decided to write a book about his experiences called Hollywood Gamora, which he plugged on every single show, no matter what the topic. The woman's like, I have juvenile diabetes. Yes, but you know what you don't have yet? A copy of Hollywood Gamora. As time went on, Skip got old and sicker and he got a little bit more bitter here are his thoughts on christmas i want to wish you all a merry merry christmas usually um this time of the year is one of those sad moments of everyone's life really uh shopping and all that crap but anyway i really want to say one thing about this wonderful restaurant here in west Hollywood. and then the people that were working for skip at the time was a guy by the name of romeo carey and he posts most of the footage of skip that you see out there it's either going to be him or a guy named alan eichler eichler alan eichler was a pretty big press agent in his time and he was the one that used to get all the high profile guests on skip's show so alan has a whole bunch on his channel romeo has a whole bunch of interviews on his channel and they're currently trying to make a documentary about skip's life but Romeo and I think his friends thought it would be fun to like give Skip like a like something unique to do besides always just like interviewing people. So they decided to have something called Skip Sweeping with the Stars. And what they did was one night they took Skip out to Hollywood Boulevard where he went around and swept the different stars. But while he swept them, gave his commentary where he doesn't seem to know what anyone has done, what people's names are, or what movies they've been in. Here he is sweeping. Britney Spears' star. You are just a trashy woman. Look, no pants, carrying on. You are just a naughty girl. Why don't you... You're a young girl, and you're a good actress. Why are you behaving that way, huh? You know, you're going to get arrested, you're going to go to jail, you drink, you have a kid. Look at you. Look. You're showing them. But you should be ashamed of yourself. You call yourself beautiful? You're not. Look at that stomach. Britney Spears, get your pants back on and start doing your job. He's literally on his knees 
sweeping her star. Like, and it's with one of those brooms that you would pick up if you dropped a glass, you yes. know? I'm going to keep your star nice and clean, and we'll keep you clean, too. So stop being such a dirty bitch, okay? Okay. Then he goes to clean Donald Trump's star. Donald Trump, you know something? You should get on your knees to thank God that you are Donald Trump. You know something? Who the hell do you think you are by telling people what to do? Right now, you are telling everybody what to do. Who in the hell are you? Rosie O'Donnell was right. Josie O'Donnell was absolutely right. That fucking hair of yours. Get a new toe pay. So needless to say, uh, they didn't have him go out and clean stars anymore. Oh, my God. But he did get softer in his time, and I think that this is a really sweet final clip for Skip. This was a PSA that he put out there specifically for the kids at Beverly Hills Public High School. I remember bullying when I was a little kid. Going to school, being bullied all the time. I never thought about it. I just, they bullied me, they pushed me down to the ground because I was always small anyway. I didn't know what bullying meant, so I just because I was a small little guy. Just kept quiet, I never told my mother anything. But you know something, it's getting bad out there. It's getting really bad. Call somebody for help. Speak to somebody. If you can't speak to your mother or your father, speak to some, someone, a neighbor, or a pastor, or a friend. Tough out there today. That's a very sweet. So, so as as time went on in the like the early 2010s, celebrities stopped really appearing on Skip's show, and then eventually, what he started to do was just take anybody who was willing to get on the show. So he interviewed a lot of people that were doing like showcase productions in L.A. You know, it's kind of sad. And finally, on September 22nd, 2014, Skip passed away of emphysema. So let's do this. Let's take a moment to celebrate Skip, and when we come back. We'll talk more about why Helen Martin is just being moody about the role she gets. This was a thing, this was a thing. And now, this is a sketch. Hello again. Live from the campus of the Beverly Hills Public High School. Welcome to the 2024 presidential debate between Donald Trump and Joseph Biden. Please welcome the man who puts the U in U.S. of A, Skip Elo. Running for mayor. Har, tell me, this is a big job, so Dan, tell me, makes what President Daniel, why, 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 why? Donald. Donald, of course, yes, Donald, Donald, Donald. Just like the wonderful actor Donald Glover, he's Folks, he's in my my new book, Hollywood Gamora. You can buy it on Amazon. So far, it has two ratings, um, and both of them are not good, so we need some help, a little boosty boost. Under the leadership of Sleepy Joe. Now, I don't know this Sleepy Joe, because they don't have beds. It's Silver Spoon. Audience, uh, after you buy my book on Amazon or at a local thrift store, uh, take a, a look over to our new restaurant. It's on uh, Sepulveda and Sepulveda, uh, parallel to Sepulveda. If you go past Sepulveda, you probably missed it, so you want to make a lift in Sepulveda, turn around Sepulveda, you turn it around Sepulveda, and then you'll do a roundabout at Sepulveda. 
Pull your car in. There's valet. And it has delicious omelets. And you can see celebrities there like Shelley Winters. And oh, from my, from my favorite movie, Wind is Gone. The woman with that with the hair. She's a big old dyke and everybody knows it. Catherine Hepburn. Yes, Catherine Hepburn. Harley Catherine. Yes, that's her. Now, you, the other one. Are you also appearing in Carousel at the Stella Adler? What, man? Which one are you in? Daddy issues at the Morgan Wicks? I'm not in anything. <gasps> Just like David Carradine. Tragedy, dear. He didn't know that the closet wouldn't support his weight. Oh, and he used to sing. He had a beautiful voice. He would sing. Oh, that one is so charming. Can we get back to the debate? I've never been to that club, but you go ahead, Doug. You know, Doug, you have a real Rip Taylor meets Rip Turn quality. <laughs> so, Tunnel Drump. Spiritual? Huh? I'm a little confused. Confused just like Bella Lugosi at the end. Friends, it's all in my book, Hollywood Gomorrah, because I was there. I saw it. It was horrible. He clutched his chest and turned into a bat, and he flew right onto Lancashire. Luckily, had he not hit Sepulveda, we don't know what would have happened to him. I remember that very distinctly. I was eating lunch with Walter Matthau's body double and a girl who once saw Carol Burnett's nether regions. And I remember... <laughs> America has chosen its new president. Dark Horse Skip Elo has been elected the 47th president of the United States. And I'd like to introduce my vice president, Miss Barbara McNair. Thank you. This was a sketch. So what did Skip give the world? Well, first of all, like we had mentioned before, he's an incredibly out flamboyant performer, but the, which is great because you don't really see that a lot at that time. But the reason I think we should celebrate Skip, and I'm hoping that the documentary will, will cover this, is the fact that he literally put on record all of these people that would have been forgotten by time because they weren't big stars after a while. To hear the stories of people like Orson Welles or Robert Morse or Rudy Valley, people that nobody ever sat down to and spoke about their career at length with them, I think is fantastic because mostly when they're on like TV shows back at this time, they're there to promote something or plug something if they're allowed on at all. So whether he realized it or not, he was creating, I think, a brilliant time capsule of what it was like to be a blue collar working performer from the 1920s to the 1980s. And I think that's kind of incredible. Oh, yeah. And in 1998, there's two articles written about him, one from the LA Times and one from the New York Times. And you know who wrote the New York Times one? Who? Harry Shearer. Really? Yeah, saying how great Skippy Lowe is. And that Skip was one of these guys that everybody sort of watched. And what Harry Shearer was saying in his New York Times article was, he goes, it's really interesting because it's like not only like deconstructing television, it's saying fuck you to television. It ignores all the rules. He's like, you're not looking for sound clips. You're not looking for sound bites. No one's there to promote anything. It's just two people genuinely talking with each other. And what's fascinating to for me to watch is how do people handle him? Yeah. How do they handle the fact that he's got wrong information that, you know, or he'll say something like, you were born in Ireland. And they'll be like, nope, Detroit. Well, yeah, Yes, Detroit. And he never corrects himself. He never says, oh, I'm sorry. Well, and I love seeing there's the there's this like the celebrities who are like so stoked to be on Skippy Low and are like, oh, my God, I'm ready to answer any question. And then there's the ones that are like. 
why well, okay yeah i'll do this and they're the ones that are like just correct them and all this stuff but i, lo- I love watching this i love watching the people that are like oh man this is gonna be the thing that brings me back into the public conscious absolutely but what i love is that he just marches to the beat of his own freaking drummer and i love the fact that he's created this time capsule for all of us to look back onto so Skip decided to shine his spotlight on the working man. Not only did he look at Hollywood, he looked at all the wonderful people that made up Hollywood. So Skip, I don't know where you are right now. I hope you're in a happy, wonderful place. Now, this is a game with Mark Schroeder. And Rudy Valley. <laughs> this was a thing and now it's a quiz. This is a this was a quiz. With Mark Schroeder. Okay, Mark, were you familiar with Skip Elo no. or Jiminy Glick before? I know Jiminy Glick, absolutely, yes. but Skip Elo was a, a revelation, yes. is it, I think. Yes. It was a true revelation. Oh, uh, this clearly makes me so happy. Did not have the best interview skills no. in the biz. I <laughs> no. think we can all agree with that. But <laughs> we, uh, It's still to this day, like when new Skip Elo stuff gets uploaded on YouTube, I get a text from Rob New Skip is up. New you Skip, see in. this. It's the most crazy thing. Well, I'm happy that we could introduce you to him. It makes I was me g- amazed. So happy. Learn. And uh, there's a lot of stuff on YouTube, but it's fun to see somebody not give an f. Yes. About their interview when interviews yes. used to be such high stakes things. Yes. That you were concerned an interview could go terribly wrong and it could ruin your career. Yeah. But you have to have a career to ha- get ruined. So that's why Skip that's was in why, luck. Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody. When you're under the radar, yeah. nobody's keeping an eye out yeah. for you. <laughs> but there's a lot. <laughs> of people out there that, that their interviews went off the rails and they became stuff of internet lore. Mm. And we're going to find out how off the rails those interviews went. I hope the Van Johnson David Letterman is in here. Stay tuned in a little game called The Internet is Forever. Oh boy. I'm going to name a year, a celebrity, and a clue about a famously clunky interview that the celebrity did during their, their career. Rob and Ray, you're going to compete against each other head to head to be the first to name either the interviewer or the show. You okay. might not know what show they were on, but you know who asked the question. Okay. I'll accept both. Uh, there's 10 clues here. The person with the most right guesses wins. The loser is going to be canceled for something they said 30 years ago. Oh, my God. Okay, so be careful. Number one, 2019, Dakota Johnson tells the host she doesn't think the host likes her. Jimmy Kimmel? For the steal, right? Um, uh, Savannah Guthrie. Ellen DeGeneres. Oh. Ellen DeGeneres gave her shit. Was like, you didn't invite oh, me to Dakota, your birthday. I was thinking Dakota Fanning. But oh, yes, that's, that, you got a lot That Dakota Johnson your, one is that, yeah. You're that thinking is North Dakota. That's I great. know that You one. were just in the wrong Dakota, man. Just cross the state line yeah, I know. and you'll Sorry, be in yeah, the right exactly. Dakota. Number two, 2005, Tom Cruise jumps on a couch. Oprah. Uh, Oprah. Little bit robbed. Just a smidge yeah. before. I'll a tiny bit Thanks, before. Right. One nothing with Rob. Here we go. stretched. 1987, Crispin Glover. David Letterman. David Letterman. And he did the kick. He didn't even need the kick part. 2014, Samuel L. Jackson gets mistaken for Lawrence Sam Fishburne. Rubin. Sam Rubin on KTLA. Sam Rubin. Yes. Wow. Rob. Very good. But you didn't say KTLA. You get that. That's true. You did both. You did double both. We'll share this one because it's an LA thing. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you I guys both. Okay. It is now three. Best. It's three to two. Another 2005. Tom Cruise calls interviewer glib. Uh, Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer on the Today Show. Matt, you're glib. You're glib. You're glib. We should research uh, psychiatry. 2011, Charlie Sheen coins winning and tiger blood. Oh, God, who got that? That was a, what is that, Diane Sawyer? I don't say Barbara Walters. It was neither of the hosts. That was Andrea Canning Canning of ABC News. It was ABC News. Now she has Dateline. Oh. 2007. 
Jerry Seinfeld gets offended when the interviewer asks if Seinfeld was canceled or ended voluntarily. I remember this happening, but I can't remember who. Jerry Seinfeld gets offended. Was it The View? Was it Piers Morgan? There's Larry King live. And this Larry is another, King, that's this is right. another good re- one to YouTube. It's like, so uh, nine years on the air. And you weren't canceled, right? You, it, it, it ended? And he's like, canceled? We were the number one yeah. show on oh, the yes, air, yes, Larry. Yes, Do you yes, know yeah. who I am? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody yeah. Get, it's yes. very, it's, it's so great. funny. It's great. 2011, the Kardashians are told, you're often described as famous for being famous. You don't really act. You don't sing. You don't dance. You don't have any, forgive me, any talent. <laughs> Sounds like a Barbara Walters yeah, that's thing. The, that was, is Barbara Walters. I was going to say, yeah. That was Barbara Walters' me. 10 most yeah. fascinating people to their face so that, which is great. <laughs> then if you don't think they're fascinating, don't have them on your fucking show. You are contributing to the problem, Baba. 2017. Jim Carrey calls Harper's Bazaar Icons Party meaningless and says that, quote, we don't matter. Stephen Colbert? E! News's Kat Sadler. This uh, was an E! News. Kat an Sadler E-news. got that hot yeah, scoop. Yeah, got that hot take. She That's goes, a Sadler scoop. What are you doing here? And he's like, I wanted to come to the most meaningless thing I could think of. And we haven't started recording yet. So. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Number 10, 2016, Ben Affleck's hashtag sad Affleck meme is born. Oh, Jimmy Kimmel. No. This was on Yahoo Movies with Tom Butler. This was a Yahoo Movies. <laughs> Don't know thing. Tom Butler. Yeah. He's no Sam Rubin. <laughs> yeah. But. He didn't crack that big story, but just let it end it on that. Oh. So, well, we've stopped for a second. Do you know the Van Johnson, David Letterman thing? No. <sighs> well, folks, actually, no, folks, I'm not going to tell you the Van Johnson story because it's gonna, you're going to hear it on an upcoming episode. Oh, hello. So I think it's on our Lacage episode that we're going to do oh, at yeah. some point. So you got some time, folks. But uh, Strap in. It's, it's wait till good, June, folks. Wait till June. But it's a good story about Van Johnson on the David Letterman show. Okay. Okay. David Letterman just saying something has gone terribly wrong here. And you're like, I'm totally in. I hope you're also in for our Patreon.com, where every other week or so we release content only for you, because you're paying us money. Nobody else gets it. We don't give shit away for free, enough for nobody, no time. Except for normal episodes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's free. (laughs) And there's a lot more of that merchandise. (laughs) Follow us on Instagram at thiswasathingpod, or our website, www.thiswasathing.com, and go check out Skippy Low. Yes. And, oh, this is coming out on my brother's birthday. So happy birthday, Chris. Oh, happy birthday, Chris. A little, little combination of both. All right, till next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to This Was a Thing, and a big thanks to the folks that keep this show running. Our editor, Daniel Cut Cut Schwartzberg, our composer, Billy Better Than DC Reese, our social media director, Gabe Hashtag Crawford, our graphic designer, Natalie's Nothing's Too Graphic DeSavia, and finally, our games coordinator, Mark the Shark Schroeder. If you liked what we did today, make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review us. The more stars you leave us, the more love we feel. Hey, speaking of love, show us some social media love. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Was A Thing Pod and Facebook we are This Was A Thing Podcast. Reach out, we'd love to hear from you. And if you really liked what we did today, head on over to Patreon.com and become one of our sponsors and you'll get access to special episodes, interviews, and merch. That's Patreon. Search This Was A Thing and support us so we can keep doing this show. 